Hi, welcome to Sedona Blog Radio, Karma Talk. This is Sarah Jacobs, Tammy's assistant. Unfortunately, Tammy was not able to be here today to broadcast her show because she's in an area that has no reception. But she said she is here in spirit, and she's sorry that she's not able to be with you here this morning. This is the information that she has asked me to share with you today. Today we are talking about having faith and how to reach this goal. What has been lost within you to make this faith you once had to be lost? So many of us close ourselves off after just one or two not-so-good experiences in any area of our lives, whether it be marriage, business, faith, spirituality, trust, and so much more taught ourselves to be not so forgiving. Join me today to get your faith back. Again, uh, this is Sedona Blog Radio, Karma Talk. Tammy Adams, unfortunately, was not able to be here today. I am Sarah Jacobs, Tammy's assistant, and I am presenting the information she has asked me to share with you this morning. First of all, Tammy wanted me to let you know that this is the second week of Advent and that the mystics are working their way to find our Savior, Jesus. For some of you who may not uh, celebrate Advent, um, I actually looked and gathered some information um, about Advent. Advent means a coming into place, view, or being, arrival the coming of Christ into the world, the period beginning four Sundays before Christmas, observed in commemoration of the second coming of Christ into the world. So basically, it is a celebration of both the birth of Jesus as well as the celebration of his second coming. According to um, several sources on the website, Advent is the beginning of the Western liturgical year and commences on the fourth Sunday before Christmas, the Sunday nearest to St. Andrew's Day, which is November 30th. And for some denominations, Advent begins on the sixth Sunday before Christmas, the Sunday after St. Martin's Day, which is November 11th. Advent is a season that begins about four Sundays before Christmas. So for many, it began November 29th this year and ends on Christmas Eve. With Advent, the ecclesiastical year begins in the Western churches. And uh, again, this is a time that many of the faithful are admonished to prepare themselves for the celebration of the Lord's um, birth, to prepare their hearts and minds for what is to come. Also to um, prepare your bodies and souls uh, for um, his second coming. Uh, In other words, make yourself ready for his second coming, which is supposed to be at the end of the world. One of the things that um, Tammy and I talked about as I was preparing for this radio show was who were the three 
the three wise men. She refers to them as the three mystics. And I was asking her, I said, uh, what do you mean by the three mystics? And she said, the three wise men are the magi. Uh, Tammy explained to me that the three mystics were also called the three wise men or the magi who came to bring gifts to baby Jesus the night he was born. Interestingly enough, one was an astrologer, another was a person who could interpret dreams, and the third person was someone who could communicate with angels just like Tammy did. So she um, encouraged me to do a search online to get some more information about this, these three men. And um, one of the most interesting um, websites that I came to was uh, an article written according to Brent Landau, who translated the book Revelation of the Mag- Magi into English. Sitting on the Vatican Library shelves, And um, he actually was doing research himself to find out who the three wise men were, a little bit more information about it. And sitting right on the Vatican Library shelves was this book called Revelation of the Magi. And he said, um, actually, this was in an article on the Huff Post titled, Who Were the Three Wise Men of Christmas? And I'm quoting uh, from some passages from his book. He actually translated the book that he found in the library into English. And this is what he said. Of all the characters who appear in the gospel accounts of Jesus' birth, the three wise men are by far the most fascinating. Even someone who has never cracked open a Bible is very likely to know about the wise men the star they followed, and the gifts they brought to the infant Jesus on the first Christmas. But the story of these figures is found only in Matthew, among the four canonical Gospels, and leaves many questions unanswered. Who were these mysterious foreigners? Where exactly did they come from? What was their star? And were there even three of them? Since Matthew never gives a specific number, but only tells us that there were three gifts. And so this is where um, most um, people believe that there were three wise men because of the three gifts. Many early Christian writings attempted to provide answers to these questions. And again, this or the translation of the book, Revelation of the Magi by Brent Landau. Many early Christian writings attempted to provide answers to these questions, but one stands out as truly exceptional. Known as the Revelation of the Magi, it is a complex, rich, and strange narrative that purports to be the wise men's personal testimony about the birth of Jesus. According to this writing, the wise men, or better, the Magi, are mystical sages living at the eastern edge of the world guarding an ancient prophecy about a coming star that will signify the birth of God in human form. The appearance of the star, their miraculous journey to Bethlehem, and what became of them afterwards, all of these events are presented in vivid detail in the revelation of the Magi. 
There are no other early Christian writings that provide such a complete explanation of these mysterious figures. And I'm also continuing to quote from his book where he says, when their star finally appears, it descends from heaven and transforms into a small luminous human being. It is not quite a star and not exactly human either, but something else. A star child, if you will. Although the text never explicitly identifies this being as Christ, his words to the Magi and the overall narrative make this point clear. The Magi naturally rejoice that their long-awaited prophecy has finally come to pass. Surprisingly, however, the star child tells them that his epiphany to them is only one small part of his revelation to the people of the world. And again, I'm continuing to quote out of the book, and it apparently is the words that came from the star child or from Jesus, as we would um, assume. And I am everywhere because I am a ray of light whose light was shown in this world from the majesty of the Father who has sent me to fulfill everything about in the entire world and in every land by unspeakable mysteries and to accomplish the commandments of my glorious Father who by the prophets preached about me to the contentious health in the same way as for you, as benefits your faith. It was revealed to you about me. And again, I continue to quote, at the very least, the revelation of the Magi is an important and thoughtful exception to most early Christian attitudes toward other religions. Moreover, it is a narrative that embodies, I believe, a key idea of the Advent and Christmas season. Perhaps the key watchword of Advent is mystery. I believe that God is at work in the world, but a realization that God's work is ultimately beyond human comprehension. In fact, one early Christian theologian says that the coming of Christ into the world is one of the greatest mysteries of the faith. And the birth of a child, any child, is indeed an event filled with awe, hope, and mystery. I want to remind you also at this time, and I'm I'm no longer quoting from that particular uh, book, but reminding you that at the time of Jesus' birth, um, or right before his birth, that according to Matthew 2, 1 through 3, that after Jesus was, was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. But when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. I want to remind you that at that time, King Harold, who ruled over the part of the ancient Roman Empire called Judea, also known, also knew of the prophecies and was determined to hunt down the young Jesus and kill him. But the Bible says that God warned the Magi about Harold in a dream so that they could avoid going back to him and telling him, where to find baby Jesus. 
So in all of this, um, Jesus' birth was protected in every way. Um, Most of you also know that there were three gifts that were brought to the baby Jesus. Um, Frankincense, and um, there's several different interpretations as far as the significance of it. Frankincense was considered a perfume. It symbolized prayer and Jesus as God. They also brought gold. Gold was then just as it is today. It symbolized that the men were bringing gifts to a virtual king. And the third gift, myrrh, myrrh was often used as an anointing oil. Myrrh symbolized that Jesus was mortal as well as the suffering that he would face. In another um, passage, um, I found out that there were similar translations as far as the significance of the three gifts, and this is what they symbolize. Um, The three gifts that the Magi presented to Jesus and Mary were symbolic. The gold represented Jesus' role as the ultimate king. The frankincense represented worship to God, and the myrrh represented the sacrificial death that Jesus would die. So again, these are all symbols that um, all basically signify how important he worked, that Jesus was, and how important and significant these gifts were to him. Also, um, as I was reading about the three wise men, it was pointed out that they were either uh, kings or sons of kings. Um, So they were very well educated and obviously very gifted spiritually in order to figure all this out and go on their search for the star and for um, the savior of the world, Jesus. Another thing that people refer to during this time of year is St. Nicholas. And I thought I should look up a little bit more about St. Nicholas um, as he is a saint and also present to you some of the information about St. Nicholas, uh, which will also help you understand some of the customs that we have today in regard to Christmas. St. Nicholas was the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, children, brewers, pawnbreakers, and students in various cities and countries around Europe. He was known for his prayers in which miracles were seen by those around him. On several occasions, he prayed for people who had died and they came back to life miraculously. He helped a poor man with money. So he would have a dowry for his three daughters. And in the story, it was explaining that this man had three daughters, and if he didn't have a dowry for them um, during that time and in that region, they literally would have to become like prostitutes. Or if, even if they didn't become prostitutes, they would be. It would be assumed that they 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 were. So. He was very concerned about being able to have what he needed to make sure that his daughters were married. So um, St. Nicholas, not wanting to embarrass him, uh, wanted to secretly give him gifts of money 
for each of his three daughters. And he did this throughout a period of time. But one of the ways he gave him money without the neighbors knowing about it was he would put them, uh, put money in a bag or a sock um, like container and put it down the chimney so that he would be able to receive it and nobody else would know what was going on, uh, which is how we've um, come in our belief um, that Santa comes down through the chimney. He was also known to put money or gifts in the shoes of children who were good, um, another part of our Christian tradition, um, telling children that they need to be good if they want to get something from Santa Claus. These tales are all part of the Christmas stories we read and hear about each year. Um, and before I leave this topic, I also want to um, go back and point out to you um, in the revelation of the Magi, um, there were some excerpts that also showed that as these three kings or these sons of these kings were traveling and following the star, they were not following the regular path uh, that most travelers traveled on. They were actually crossing mountains and uh, in very treacherous territory. And it explains in their journal that... Um, even if they were to step like on a, a serpent, that they wouldn't be injured. Um, and that their, um, the things they needed, their food and their water, was replenished daily, miraculously. So the whole um, trip to uh, follow the star and find baby Jesus was all very miraculous in every regard. Okay, now let's get back to our topic of having faith. First of all, let's talk about what is faith. According to the Bible, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is from Hebrew 11.1. 1. Faith is something that must come before we experience a miracle. And um, most people that are familiar with faith and familiar about miracles know this. And I know Tammy also mentioned this too, that you have to have faith. Um, and Tammy has had so many miracles come uh, as a result of her work and because of her strong faith. So again, I want to repeat, faith is something that must come before we experience a miracle. We have to believe it is going to happen. We must believe that God loves us so much that he will give us the desires of our heart. Again, another, uh, from Hebrews 11:6 it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, and they're referring to God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So again, you must have faith in order to please God. And um, faith, should impact so many aspects of our life. And there are so many examples of faith in the Bible. And I want to um, tell you some of the stories from the Bible that showed the faith of the people back then and uh, what the result of their faith was. And these all, again, come directly from the uh, Bible. In Hebrews 11.5, it says, By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, 
he had his testimony that he pleased God. In other words, this man never died a human death. God literally took him up into heaven, which you rarely ever hear of that happening. Another example, again, Hebrews 11:7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. And again, most of you know the story about Noah. Um, There hadn't been rain in a long time in the region where he lived. And he set about to build an ark uh, with the specific instructions that Jesus had given him regarding the size and everything that needed to be in place. And of course, he was ridiculed by his neighbors for doing this. But when the water came, when the floods came, um, he and his family were the only ones saved. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which would be received as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. This is from Hebrews 11, 9 through 10. And again, for those of you who don't know more about Abraham, Abraham actually um, was there to take back the land that God had given them in the temple. And they were out in the wilderness um, for 40 years. So he literally was out there living as a foreigner, even though that country was by rights to go to him and all of his heirs or the people who were to be born after him. Another example of faith, by faith, Sarah herself also conceived strength, received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. This is also from Hebrew 11, 11 through 12. And if you recall the story of Sarah, she was very old, but God had promised her a child. And she grew old and still had not had that child. And she kept praying and asking God, you know, to give her that child. And of course, Abraham was an old man as well. But Abraham was also promised that he would be the father, you know, of many nations. And, you know, so here's Sarah and Abraham, both in old age, still not having a child, which God had promised, would um, bring forth many nations and many people. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered by his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And again, this is from Hebrew eleven seventeen through 20. Those of you who don't know the story about Abraham and and Isaac, Abraham finally, Abraham and Sarah finally have the child that God had promised them. 
in their old age, and his name was um, Isaac. And uh, when Isaac uh, started to grow up, Jesus told Abraham to take Isaac up into the mountains and to sacrifice him. And so he took him up into the mountains, was just getting ready to sacrifice him because of his strong faith in God, believing that God was going to resurrect him again, resurrect him again right afterwards so that he would, you know, have, you know, the um, heirs and, and the people after him. But there was a ram caught in the bushes right before he was going to kill him and God told him to take the ram and sacrifice that instead. So again, it's a story of great faith. By faith, Moses, when he was, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. This is again from Hebrews 11.23. Remember the King Herald? was killing all the young male children, um, not knowing who was the Christ child. He was going to make sure that nobody was going to take his place. And so Moses was hidden. Also, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches, for he looked to the reward. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. So again, Moses was actually found floating in the river in a basket by um, Pharaoh's daughter, and when she saw the child, she took the child in and raised him as her own child. So, again, Moses was protected during this entire time, but once he was older, um, he refused to continue to be connected to Pharaoh, but rather chose to take the role that God had given him as one of God's people. And also it talks about uh, walking through the Red Sea. Actually, God separated the Red Sea so that uh, they could pass safely through it. And then as soon as the Egyptian soldiers were coming after them, when they tried to cross through the Red Sea, the water closed and they were all drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Again, this is Hebrew 11.30. Uh, This is the time in which um, the Israelites were marching around um, the walls of Jericho as God had told them to do, and at the seventh day, the walls fell. So, um, again, a miracle uh, by God's hand. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. This is from Hebrews 11.31. Rahab was a prostitute, and she did hide um, some spies that came uh, into the town that they were supposed to capture. And she hid them, risking her own life, um, knowing that if anyone ever found out what she had done, she would be killed immediately and the rest of her family. Um, But God protected her because she had done this to help God's people. 
And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fires, escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness, were made strong, became valiant in battle, returned to fight the army of aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And again, these are all like summaries of a variety of miracles that happened. Also, again, from Hebrews 11, uh, verses 32 through 35. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin of which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Now, you might say, well, that is all well and good. But these are Bible stories that happened thousands of years ago. What about today? They did not have to deal with the things I have to deal with today. Well, what about today? Believe it or not, there are still miracles that happen each day in our world and in our time. And here are just some that come to mind as I'm talking to you about this. The story about the boy who went to heaven and then came back to talk about it. It was also made into a movie called Heaven is for Real. And there are many stories about people who have actually died and then come back to life. And they all have a story about going into the light and about the things that they were shown or the things that they heard or saw um, when they crossed over. Uh, So when they come back, Many of them have uh, very interesting stories, and a lot of them have psychic abilities that they never had before this ever happened to them. What about all the horrible accidents that happen and people walk away with little or no injuries? We hear about these all the time. I would encourage each and every one of you to watch the movie called The Four Blood Moons. Uh, I looked at it on Netflix. That's where I found it. But in it, um, soldiers talk about all the miracles during the battle that they went through to get the temple back for the Jewish people. And I mean, just amazing miracles where two or three soldiers took on an entire company of uh, soldiers from the other side and won the battles. Um, things that you would never believe. Um, One soldier, once he was captured from the enemies, basically said, we saw, you know, yes, we saw you, but we also saw thousands of angels around you, and we were afraid. So, I mean, this is a very interesting movie. And it also talks about the four blood moons, um, one of which, again, um, came this year already. So it's a very interesting movie and has a lot of really good information. Again, it's called The Four Blood Moons. We all hear about miracles all the time on the news or online. 
Um, these are the types of stories that people like to put online because they're so unbelievable. Tammy has so many extraordinary stories about miracles that she has been a part of because of her faith. Her faith is stronger than any person that I know. And also, she will not let negativity win. She's very stubborn, and when she sets out to help somebody, she's not going to let the enemy win. She does everything she can to make sure that they are taken care of and things are resolved. Right now, I want to talk to you about a miracle that happened. Right now, I want you to think about a miracle that happened to you. I am sure each one of you have experienced a miracle of some type in your life. For example, it could be the time you were looking for a parking spot and praying that God would help you find a spot and just then a parking spot opened up for you. People do that a lot, especially during this time of the year when they're trying to find parking in the mall. It could be the time that you almost had an accident and were praying for help when all of a sudden you were saved from an accident. It could be the time you kept praying for something special or important to happen in your life, whether it be a job, uh, that money that you needed to come in so that you could pay your bills, uh, someone, maybe even a stranger comforted you during a difficult time. Someone special came into your life, etc. And all of a sudden, these things started happening. Um, so I'm sure each one of you can think of at least one situation where a miracle happened in your life. It's good to remember the times that God has helped us and given us just what we needed when we needed it. And a lot of times miracles happen at the 11th hour, right before we think that it's not going to happen or right before we actually have to have something, all of a sudden it falls into our lap. I think it's important to write these down, these miracles down, and keep them as a reminder of how good God has been to you. I really believe this is such a special time of year, a time for miracles. I think it is important that each one of us embrace the special magic of this season and do what we can to bring forward those special miracles in our lives. But you may ask, how do I do this? There are several things that you can do to bring back the faith, love, joy, peace, and miracles in your life. First, you must become more connected with your guardian angel. This is very important because your angels were assigned to you by God to protect you and to help you through this lifetime. Whether you believe in guardian angels or not, they are always with you. There are several things that you can do to reconnect or strengthen your connection with your guardian angel. First of all, you need to spend time each day in meditation. And I know Tammy talks about this all the time, but the reason she talks about it all the time is because it's so important. Go to a quiet place and sit in the lotus position or lay down. Make sure it is a quiet place where you will not be disturbed. You may want to play some soft, relaxing music to help tune out background noise and help you relax and stay focused. Make sure you don't have any metal on as this will interfere with your meditation. Do 
Do not cross your arms or legs as this will block the energy. Remember to breathe in the positive through your nose and exhale the negative through your mouth. At first, this may seem strange, but it will help you get a deeper meditation. Focus on letting go of the things that you feel are blocking you from moving forward and being more connected. Release things like fear, doubt, pain, blockages, and bad memories from the past. Also take time to receive love, peace, joy, faith, hope, healing. Stay focused to see what your angels are trying to show you, tell you, or any signs of healing, etc. Remember to put white light around you and ask your angel to protect to put protection around you as well. Tammy always says that you should meditate at least 20 minutes a day for the best results. Another thing you need to do is ask your angel for specific types of help that you need. Ask them to make it clear what you need to do about a certain situation. The third thing is, some of you may say, well, I have trouble meditating and I cannot stay focused. There are several things that you can do. Plan a time where you can relax and not keep thinking about what you need to do. You may be in a place where there are too many interruptions, so you need to find another place to go. Some of you may have problems with your mind wandering, in which case you may want to buy Tammy's Transcendental Meditation Guided Meditation CD. You can purchase it online and you can download it to any electronic device or if you want a CD copy of it, you can go to her office or to any of the events in which she participates and buy it there. Some of you may need healing, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. Tammy created this CD for this purpose, to bring healing to people who use the CD. So it has many beneficial effects. Remember to thank your angels for all they do for you. It's easy to forget to thank them as most people cannot see their guardian angel and do not realize how hard they work to try and connect with you and help and guide you each day. Your angels are constantly trying to guide and help you. We do not always realize it when they are trying to show us something. They do this in many ways. And here's some of the things that you should pay attention for. They may be trying to show you something, show you the same number or letter over and over again during a particular span of time. So pay attention to this, and you may want to write these things down. They may give you dreams about what you need to know. Make sure you write down the dreams right away so that you don't forget what it's about. I'll give you an example. I used to have dreams all the time, and then they would come true. They were showing me the unhappy things that were going to happen in my life. So I started tuning them out. This is not good because you are not getting the message you need to guide you through difficulties. I also learned from Tammy that not all dreams that show something bad happening are bad dreams. They may give you visions of what is going to happen. And the vision is similar to a dream, only you're not asleep during that time. You could be daydreaming and something comes to you. Um, This is a vision. They may send someone as a messenger to give you a message. 
somebody may tell you something and it clicks at that moment that that was the answer or that was the information you needed to resolve a situation or to move forward. You may feel the need to go somewhere, do something, or say something to someone that you normally would not do. You need to do this because they are trying to guide you and show you what needs to be done. You may see a movie or TV show that gives you a message or a series of messages to help you understand either what's going on in your life right now or what you need to do about a situation or what's going to happen in the future. Remember there are angels on earth who take human form to help you. There are other ways they may try to give you messages and guide you, but these are just a few examples. Remember, in addition to your guardian angels, you also have spirit guides who are also trying to do the same thing. And spirit guides, I want to remind you, are people who have crossed over. Usually they have been somebody that's been a part of your life in the past, maybe a relative or a close friend, or somebody who's been with you in another lifetime that was very close to you. And they also try to give you messages um, and try to guide and direct you. Um, the difference is they ha- are they came from a human form, and so they're not as objective as your angels are in regard to trying to give you information or show you what's going to happen. In some cases, they will actually touch you or force you to do something you did not intend to do. Let me give you an example. I remember I was driving down an expressway uh, in busy traffic and a person literally drove right in front of me, cut me off abruptly and my angel actually grabbed the steering wheel, uh, took it to the far uh, right very quickly and then back to the far left very quickly, which helped me avoid the accident. Now, I wasn't the one doing this. It was the hand of either my angel or a spirit guide that prevented me from having that accident. It would have been a bad accident because I was going to about 50 miles an hour. Another example of this uh, happening was I had just come back from the funeral of a member of my family, a person who had been a very negative person in my life. And I was taking a sea salt bath to get rid of all the negativity. And as I was dumping the salt into the bathtub, um, some something bumped my elbow and forced me to dump about five times the amount of salt in the tub that I had intended to dump in. Um, but obviously it was needed. Um, another example is I went to a funeral of a very close friend. And I was actually staying in the house of that friend who had passed away and um, during the nighttime, when I was staying, I stayed there several nights, and during the nighttime, um, they kept turning the lights on and off to let me know that they were still there. So these are just examples where um, they can actually physically, you know, have something happen to you, even touch you if necessary, or touch something around you to force you into doing something or to protect you. The second thing you need to do is spend more time alone. So many people spend so much of their time connected to people, music, work, and relationships with friends and loved ones that they cannot notice the things their angels or spirit guards are trying to show them. You need to plan time alone each day to be open to the messages that are being given to you. 
One of the things I do is I do not turn on the radio while I am driving. If I do, I put on music that is soft with no words so I can focus on what I am being told and what I am being shown. The third thing that you need to do is spend more time in nature. Some of you go directly from your home to work and then back. On the weekends, you may run errands or spend time with family and friends, watching TV, going to the movies. All are inside activities. Many people find it much easier to connect to their angel when they are outside in nature. Some of you may live in a place where you do not feel safe outside in the evening. So you need to find a place where you can go to be outside day or night and feel safe. I'll give you an example. For the last seven years, I just moved. And for the last seven years, I wanted to be outside. Um, and I love the view that I have right now. I feel safe even at night. Uh, there's even a nature, nature, uh, nature trail right behind my apartment where I can walk each day. And I wake up to see deer outside my window. But this was not always the case. So during the seven years where I lived in an area in areas that were not safe for me to go out at night, I found another place I could go where I did feel safe, even alone at night. The place I went to was called Town Center in El Dorado Hills. I love to go there. There are paths that you can walk and see wildlife. There are, and there are hymns that play in the bell tower on the hour. This became like my church. I still love to go there to meditate and prayer. Also, the energy there is very positive. So this is just an example of what some of you may need to do to be able to spend more time outdoors and in nature and feel safe enough where you can actually focus in on meditating or trying to connect with your angel. Another example is I used to live in a small town on the coast in the Bay Area. I loved it there. Every morning and every evening, I would walk my wolf hybrid along the water. It was so relaxing and peaceful and healing for me. Some of you need to go to a body of water and spend time there. It's a good place to release. Um, some people go to the mountains to get the same type of experience. You know yourself the best. Find your special place and go there as often as you can. The fourth thing you need to do is pray and pray often. Prayer basically is talking with God. It is not anything formal, just simply talking with God. First, thank him and your angels for all they have done to help you. Ask them for help when you need it. Talk to them like you would a friend. Let them know your fears, worries, pain, and joy them to listen to you and understand your heart completely because I live alone it's a lot easier for me to find more time to talk to God and my angels but you can too you just have to make the time it could be while you are taking a shower or a bath or while you're cooking or mowing the grass use the time you spend doing some chores as a time to also talk to God and your angels the more time you spend communicating with them the more connected you will be this will help build your faith in them to protect and help you in all areas of your life. The fifth thing you may need to do is distance yourself from some of your friends or family. This is hard to do if there is someone constantly tearing you down, abusing you, or distracting you constantly from what you need to do. This may be necessary. The sixth thing you need to do is get rid of negative karma. B 
be kind and loving towards others to bring back positive karma in your life and be the person God intended you to be. The seventh thing you may need to do is to surround yourself and your mind with good positive thoughts and memories. Here's another thing that um, comes from the Bible as far as what God says about faith in John 14, 12 through 4. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment on. That's from Matthew 9.22. And again, notice how he addresses this woman. He addresses her as daughter. We are the sons and daughters of God. And he treats us as sons and daughters. And we need to act like we are the sons and daughters of God. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, and a mustard seed is extremely, extremely small, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. That's from Matthew 17. And um, some of you may remember the parable of the fig tree. Um, Jesus went to pluck a fig off a fig tree because he was hungry, but there was no fruit on the tree. So he cursed it and it died immediately, like within seconds. And he says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. That's from Matthew 21, 18 to 22. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about man. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with, please, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Simon, Simon, the evil one has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail you, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So again, even he is protecting us when we come under attack by the evil one. Even the criminal that was crucified next to Jesus asked for forgiveness, and Jesus told him, today you will be with me in paradise. What are some of the things that you can do during this Advent season? We need to prepare our hearts and minds and souls to be more connected to God and to become the men and women that God really created us to become, to to act 
and believe and think as sons and daughters of Christ. And he said, when Jesus was on the Mount of Olives, his disciples asked him privately what was going to happen in the future and to tell them the sign for his second coming. Uh, or coming at the end of the age. And this is what he told them, and you can find these in Matthew 24, 3 through 29. Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. Another thing, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. And when he refers to the birth pains, he's talking about what happens right before his second coming. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most of you will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. It's important for each one of us, again, to prepare ourselves for his second return. We must be more connected now than ever because of all the things that are going to happen. We need to be able to hear our angels clearly and see what they are trying to show us. We must prepare our bodies, minds, and spirits for his return. Many of the things Jesus mentions above are already happening. Certainly each and every one of you can sense the increase in wickedness and in many ways, people are being distracted from being connected to God and their angels. It's also, to, also easy to see how our religious freedom is slowly being taken away from us, even in this country. It is important that we fill our minds and hearts with positive thoughts and energies. This can be done in a number of ways. Instead of watching a movie filled with violence, hate, and murder, Watch a movie that shows how God's love or how love itself can transform a person filled with hate into a new person who has the ability to accept and give love back. Many young people today are watching teen sitcoms where they show no adult supervision and or the child or the kids are telling the parents what to do. This can really mess up their value system and causes them to disrespect the people who were sent in their lives to help them and protect them. Instead of ignoring that homeless person on the street, send them a blessing, pray for them, give them something to eat. Read positive books and news that are uplifting to you. There are many books and websites out there that show and share special miracles and encourage people to believe in God and remind them of how much God loves them. I want to thank you for being with me today. I bless you each and every day. And um, until next week, and I wish you God's very, very best.